0: The Motley Fool Singapore is closing down, seizing Singapore operations on the 31st of October. Some 150,000 people who subscribe to the Motley Fool Singapore's investment newsletter will no longer receive the company's stock picks. After six years of operation here in Singapore, the investment advisory business is closing down. Why? I put that question now to the company's CEO, David Quo. David, good morning. How are
1: you, Michelle?
0: I'm very well, thank you. We understand you've decided to close the Motley Fool Singapore due to the way it's regulated by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. What is it about MAS regulations that made your business untenable? Now look,
1: Michelle, there is absolutely nothing wrong with the MAS regulation. I mean, regulations are there to try and protect um, consumers, try and protect people. Uh, But of course, you know, as a company, we have to adhere to those regulations. And what we actually found was that... um, it was very difficult for us to grow our business uh, given the uh, existing regulations. Um, so consequently, I, I don't think anything really has changed that much, Michelle. I mean, we came to Singapore to try and change the way uh, that uh, Singaporeans and, of course, you know, Asian people invest. Uh, previously, when we first came to Singapore, uh, there was this mentality that the well, that the stock market was just a casino and people just jumped in and out of the market and they hope to sort of make a uh, a quick buck but what we we tried to do was to come here and show people that you can make money uh, by picking good shares and holding them over the long term and i think we've actually sort of changed that mentality for a lot of people and of course you pointed out the 150,000 people that have um uh, follow the Modley Fool here. Um, and hopefully, even though we have closed, those people will be able to take away uh, those lessons that it is possible to make money out of the stock market uh, by not treating it as a casino. But going back to your original question, I wasn't trying to side your question, by the way, Michelle. <laughs> yes. <I> mean, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> what really happens is mm. that... Um, Uh, The regulations here require us to hold a certain amount of uh, capital. And the reason for that is so that uh, they can protect those people who subscribe to our service. But unfortunately, the way those, uh, uh, those numbers work out, it means that as we grow our business, we have to keep back more and more capital, which constrains our ability to grow. And we do really want to grow the business, and we have demonstrated that Uh, from just a couple of um, subscribers in the very beginning. And by the way, those two subscribers was myself and my business manager. (laughs) We have grown grown from those two people to, you know, over 150,000 people who believe in the way that we invest.
0: Okay, so given your subscriber base and the fact that from two you now have, you know, a lot more, 10,000 people paying between 200 to 2,000 a year for your services, how much paid up capital was the Motley Fool Singapore required to have on hand?
1: Okay, right. It, it, it is a variable number. And es- essentially, I mean, I don't want to bore your listeners, you know, with accountancy rules and stuff, but uh, the way that we calculate our business is that every time somebody subscribes to our service, uh, we don't recognize that as a revenue straight away. So if somebody were to pay us $2,000 for our service and it's for a one-year subscription, uh, we don't recognize the $2,000 immediately. Uh, what we say is that 1800 out of that $2,000 is a liability, and it's a liability because we promise to give back uh, that money to our subscribers at any point in time if they don't like uh, what they're hearing from us. So we have this kind of money-back guarantee type thing. Mm. So it therefore means that every time we grow our business, our liability just keeps on getting larger and larger. Mm. And it is primarily because of that that um, it's partly our own fault, you know, because we try and sort of treat our customers fairly. But also because that is recognized as a liability, it means that we have to pump in more capital to compensate for that liability. And that's essentially it, Michelle. You know, it's a bit like if you go into a... You you go into a shop and you want to go and buy something, and uh, the shopkeeper says, I'll give you a money-back guarantee over a one-year period. Now, if he says that I sell you a bicycle and I can't actually recognize that revenue from the bicycle to buy another bicycle, then, of course, you know, the more bicycles he sells, the more money he has to put to one side. And that really is the difficulty that we have um, in trying to, first of all, navigate uh, the market, and also trying to sort of stay within the rules that uh, have been set for us.
0: Mm. Was this a sudden decision, David? Because up till a few weeks ago, we have users telling us up to twenty eighth September, the site was still accepting payments for yearly membership. So was this a sudden mm. decision?
1: Well, you know, um, we, we we continually talk to um, the regulators, and um, we we were hoping that there would be a change of heart on their part. Because I mean, I mean, we came to Singapore. To try and sort of demonstrate that we are fine, upstanding people, mm. and it took us a little while to get our license. I think primarily because of our quirky name. I don't think any regulator <laughs> wants to. Get, I don't think anybody wants to give a license to a company that calls themselves fools. Uh, so therefore, it took us a little while to establish ourselves and. I think we have done, done a pretty good job in establishing the fact that it is possible to have a quirky name and call yourself a fool. And part of the reason why we call ourselves foolish is because, and I don't know if you know this story, but in the old Victorian days, the fool or the jester was mm. the only person that could tell the king the truth about what was going on within his kingdom. And we try to do the same thing here in Singapore. We try and, we try and tell people the truth about investing, the truth about um, how you can make money from investing in shares. And we're saying to them that you can take charge of your own finances. You don't always have to give it to a money manager who will take 2 or 3% uh, from the money that you, that you give him to mm. manage. And you can, you, you, you can do it yourself very capably, provided, of course, you follow certain rules, which is don't jump in and out of the market, find good shares to buy mm. and hold them for the long term mm. and reinvest those dividends, you know, that you receive from, from your investments. And if you do that, that power of compounding that you get will enable you to grow your wealth. And we've done it. Uh, Not only through our recommendations, but also through two real money portfolios that I set up with my own money. Mm. And so what I did was I pumped some money into a portfolio and I said to people, look, this is how I'm going to be investing. If you want to, follow along with me. And if you do so, uh, hopefully at the end of the journey, we will be a lot richer than when we started. And the service has been going for about 18 months at the moment and has been generating a return of 14 to 15% a year, Michelle, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a lot more than you would get if you um, uh, you stuck your money in a savings account somewhere.
0: Not bad for Chief Fool, David. Hey, listen, you've over the years been a fixture on many stations. BBC, a friend of Money FM, providing great analysis of the markets. David, what is next for you?
1: Uh, Well, you know, I came to Singapore. Well, I'm originally from Singapore because, I mean, I I came here 50 years ago when Singapore was... uh, uh, was literally a swampland. Mm. And um, I, I stayed here, I studied here, then I went away. And my mission, or my, my aim was always to come back to Singapore at some point in time. And the Motley Fool gave me that opportunity to come back uh, seven years ago uh, to start up Motley Fool Singapore. And my mission at that time was to show people that there is a better way to invest. And I want to continue doing that, Michelle. Mm -hmm. So whether I do that through a blog, whether I do that through education, whether I do that, you know, through coming on your show, you will still have me, Michelle. Absolutely. uh, (laughs) uh, I will continue to, you know, beat that drum that keeps on saying that there is a way to invest without treating the the stock market like a casino. And don't be worried, you know, when the stock market falls because it is a great buying opportunity. And people look at me, you know, with a great big question mark on their face and say, my goodness, you know, the stock market's fallen and you're saying it's a great buying opportunity. And I say, yes, it is. And uh, if you follow those basic rules, you won't go too far wrong. Oh, by the way, I'm Hmm. in the process of writing a couple of books as well. So um, Ah. I look forward yeah, I know. Look out for my, 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 my couple of books and maybe um, it will hopefully, you know, help people in Singapore uh, lead their lives a little bit better. And, uh, and it's all about um, salary independence. It's, uh, it's all about how you can, uh, on the first day that you start working, build up a fund that will enable you to be salary independent, Michelle.
0: That's fantastic. I look forward to chatting with you about those books and I wish you all the best for your future, David. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Michelle.
0: There's David Kuo, CEO of The Motley Fool, wrapping up Money and Me this morning. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.